Hello, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Multipliers Podcast. I'm your host for today. My name is Mandy from Multiply Group, and it's my pleasure to introduce our guest, Hassan Awadah from Kroll. Hassan, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Mehdi, for inviting me over, and thank you to Multiply for the opportunity to be part of the Multipliers Podcast. Our pleasure. Hassan, let's start this conversation with a brief background about who you are. I was uh, originally born in Abu Dhabi and moved over to the UK some time ago, spent several years there and came back to Abu Dhabi about six years ago. And what did you do in England when you were living there other than study? So um, I spent several years there where I worked for PwC, EY and the Gleitscher Shacklock, mostly around investment banking and uh, advising companies on M&A transactions, uh, private placements and restructuring. And how do you see the difference between um, the business side of what you were doing in London and what you're doing here? There are, there are a lot of similarities, but there are also a lot of differences. Um, you see, in our world, uh, relationships are the most important thing wherever you are in the world. However, I think in this part of the world, relationships are extremely critical. And uh, you develop trust with people that you work with. And based on that trust, that's how you can um, progress through your career and, and build a sustainable future wherever you are. I completely agree. Yeah, the relationships are the most important thing. You're, from our earlier conversations, you're quite the experts on M&A, debt advisory, private placement. What, what would you say is your passion? The way I look at it is um, whether you look at M&A or debt advisory, private placement or restructuring, there is significant overlap across all these different service lines. I've been lucky enough to work in each one of them through, throughout different um, parts of my career. And I think it's very, very important to have the flexibility to be able to deliver a transaction depending on what the underlying challenge is and what the client is looking for. Um, having said that, um, I do enjoy mostly the M&A side of things, the process in terms of selling a business or acquiring a business and all the challenges that come along with that are extremely exciting and interesting for me. Has ESG affected the M&A world or? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I can definitely tell you there's been a big impact on M&A and generally the investment themes. Um, different investors uh, are considering their um, ESG initiatives, their carbon footprint. So when they look at their investments, they think in terms of how would this impact them as a company uh, from an ESG angle. Having said that, um, some look at it as a tick box exercise. Uh, some of them are more passionate about it and have a deeper uh, involvement uh, in terms of the ESG um, uh, sector in general. That's interesting. And uh, over the past couple of years, from our conversations as well, well, I know you what's been keeping you busy is a lot of IPOs, a lot of restructuring. So tell us a bit about what's been happening. Sure. Uh, going back to my point about when you develop that skill set 
where you can leverage it across different transaction types um, in this in this uh, part of the world. And I think other parts as well, you need to have that flexibility. So if you look back over the last two to three years, we've had a strong wave of IPOs. And along the IPO process, there's a lot that goes along. Companies do not just, uh, you know, press a button and they're public, right? So yeah, it takes, I mean, if you take a step back before the IPO process, a company needs to become IPO ready. Exactly. And to do that, there's a lot of restructuring, structuring and enhancement of the underlying business from a corporate governance point of view, financials, corporate structure, organization structure, and so on and so on and so on. So there's a lot of work that goes into the IPO process. Uh, that ultimately culminates in the business going public. So it has been uh, booming. It continues to thrive. I think the market now is stabilizing from an IPO point of view. Um, and, and then you look at the M&A as well. There's been a strong M&A across the region, whether that's locally and cross-border. So we've seen... A in any particular sectors, you're seeing this M&A boom or... We've seen it across different sectors. Um, I can definitely tell you where we haven't seen much. That's definitely around the uh, construction sector and mm. the real estate sector. We've seen but didn't more. Didn't those happen earlier? Yeah. So there was. So yeah. So what I was going to say, there's been a, more of a consolidation play mm. across some of the big players, reorganization of some of the uh, players and assets. Yes. Um, but we've seen a lot of interest in healthcare, education, um, wellness, mm. uh, beauty, uh, and then obviously tech. You know, tech is is a is a very interesting area. One of your passions. Yes, it is. Uh, I love anything. I love anything to do with tech. Mm. Uh, I, I always AI versus blockchain. Who's going to win? <laughs> That's a very interesting question. The way I look at it, look. Um, Blockchain has been around for some time, as well as AI. AI has been for longer. many, many years, even longer. longer. Right. So there was a lot of talk about blockchain and crypto and different sorts of uh, but products. But they're different. If you look at it, it's been around for some time. There's been a lot of talk about use cases and what can be done with it. Mm. And there was stuff like DeFi, Metaverse, the NFTs, effects, and so on. Yeah. All of that, right? Decentralization and so on. Some of it is extremely interesting mm. and... Um, we see it being deployed and utilized in certain areas. Um, however, if you look at AI, and one of the things that I really love about AI is when it sort of blew up into the market around January last year, uh, when ChatGPT was released, there was a big buzz about it. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's, 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 it's a hype, uh, the bubble is going to pop, and so on and so on. That's, that's, you know, different people have different views on that. I'm not going to get into that and the valuations and, and how ChatGPT now rumoredly is um, valued at around $90 billion where it's generating revenue of around $1 billion, so almost 90 times revenue. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, but what I like about it is the use cases, right? Mm. You can go and use ChatGPT immediately and you can exactly. see how useful it is. And loads of people are using it. So if you look at generative AI to be specific, so what I like about it is, is the use cases, right? You can immediately use it, use different products and services that are out there. So whether that's, uh, you know, ChatGPT or Claude by Anthropic and, uh, or, or so many different other, other ones, Midjourney and so on. And they started off 
a bit, you know, off, but still impressive. But now what has been achieved in the last few months is just incredible. And one thing that people don't seem to appreciate is the exponential uh, growth in this sector. And I don't mean in the sense of companies, startups or products and services. No, what I mean is in terms of development, how quickly things are improving. It's just scary, right? So when things used to take 10 years, they're taking months in, 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 in AI time or world. So it's, it's a bit scary what, what can be achieved. Um, I love the sector. I think it's extremely exciting and I can't wait to see what else will come on the back of it. Well, it seems you know a lot about AI, blockchain, a lot of other things. And I think that helped you uh, as a mentor to a lot of entrepreneurs. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, sure. It's a very good uh, question. Um, one thing um, I've noticed with entrepreneurs is on the point in terms of being up to date with the latest trends from a tech point of view, as you mentioned, blockchain AI, I've noticed a lot of them chasing hype, right? So that they, they might be doing X and then Y comes out and they chase Y and then Z comes out and then they start chasing Z. So one thing I've come across a lot is serial entrepreneurs can be good, can be not so good. Um, so my advice here is for entrepreneurs is to find their passion, focus on their passion and the money will come as long eventually. as you're doing something that you genuinely love and that you yeah. genuinely believe in. Yeah. yeah. Eventually it will come. Um, so you have to be passionate about what you're doing and to believe in it. Having said that, passion, unfortunately, is not enough uh, to make a business successful. There's a lot of other factors that play into it uh, in terms of dedication, hard work, uh, having the right set of skills from a technical point of view, management point of view. Actually, you have to have the right set of skills to do everything. Because as a startup, there's usually two of you, uh, three of you in a, in a good case uh, scenario, and then everyone kind of chips in into everything. Yes, it's, it's extremely important for entrepreneurs to have clear roles and responsibilities. However, having said that, they need to have a broad set of skills and complement each other. Um, it's, not, it's not easy building something from scratch. It takes a lot of, a lot of hard work. Hassan, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join me in this conversation. Really appreciate it. And let's do this again. Mehdi, thank you very much for having me over. It's an absolute pleasure to be part of the podcast and I look forward to the next one.